This time loop thing. How did you get out of it? I simply boosted the circuits and broke free. You came back of your own accord? Well, I... Doctor? No. No, I'm afraid not. Now, obviously, the Time Lords have programmed the TARDIS always to return to Earth. It seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo-yo. where Doctor Who fans share their unpopular opinions with the world and I have to deal with them. I'm just in East London on my way home from the Quiz of Rassilon, which I actually co-presented uh, this time around. Um, standing in for Mikey, I presented the quiz with Beth, Oh My Stars, Axford, which was really, really lovely. I really enjoyed the experience. Uh, and I'd love to do it again. <laughs> I've had three lagers. I don't know whether you can tell. This week on the podcast, however, I chatted to Chris Allen, who um, was one of the figureheads behind Doctor Who, the fan show, which is probably why you'll know him. But also, he, he's kind of had his finger in the, in the Doctor Who pie for a while uh, at BBC Studios. Um, so he had some interesting things to say about the Doctor Who brand, and uh, he chatted to me about his unpopular opinions that John Nathan Turner did a lot of good as a producer of Doctor Who. And then we also talked about um, kind of fan response to um, television in general, uh, obviously with a focus on Doctor Who, but also in response to um, Game of Thrones and kind of how um, <laughs> fans have kicked up a little bit of a fuss about that show recently and, and that sense of the relationship between the, the writers of a show and the fans and, and how that's sort of developed in recent years. It was a really interesting conversation and a conversation that I hope you enjoy. Um, I'll be back actually at the end of the podcast unusually um, to share something else but in the meantime I hope you enjoy my conversation with Chris Allen. <laughs> my other half texting being like being like, I'm on my way home. I was like, I'm recording a podcast, like I told you. Great. He probably thinks uh, that you've gone a bit podcast mad. I think podcast does, yesterday yeah. and podcast today. Podcasts all over the place. Uh, I'm recording now, by the way. Yeah. Okay, uh, cool. And uh, that's the moment that all the traffic's moving. Yeah, there's a there's a bus outside. Never, that's all right. Um, I'm here with uh, with Chris Allen. Hello. Um, we're in uh, a pub in North oh. London. Uh, my local, really, I suppose. It's, it's one lovely. of the nearest pubs to uh, my flat. I've had many drunken afternoons in this pub. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is apparently uh, Ed Balls' favourite pub, as I told you on the way in. Um, I can't oh, remember I where I heard that. Oh, yes, my friend's mum used to work here and oh, said right. that he came in all the time all and the said time. it was his favourite pub. Um, I also have a friend whose who's, um, stepmum was proposed to by Ed Balls uh, in her youth. Got a lot of Ed Balls <laughs> I know, today, got a lot of Ed you? Balls connections. Yeah. Anyway... Um, <coughs> Yeah, so Chris, who are you in the Doctor Who world? Explain who to, well, to the listeners, quite, please. I think, gosh, there's the hefty justification of why I'm on this podcast. You've really reached the bottom of the Doctor <laughs> Who barrel, gone through the bottom, <laughs> Say that. through a floorboard, 
found a barrel on the floor. So I uh, no, that was when I uh, that's when I put myself as the guest. That was oh, the, right. that was the true bottom of the barrel. <laughs> no, no, you're you're more famous. Or, than or me maybe Nicholas Briggs. Oh yeah, Nicholas. <laughs> um, uh, I am a, a senior digital producer at BBC Studios, formerly BBC mm -hmm. Worldwide. Um, and so for the last six years, I've worked in and around Doctor Who. So I think the first uh, series I had contact with in that respect was Seven Part Two. There's someone mm. hammering something, isn't there? Is there somebody hammering? There is somebody, but it's okay. We can carry on. We can carry we on can for carry now. On. Oh, they've um, stopped hammering. Stop That's oh, good. no, it started again. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, um, no. So, yes, I, uh, so I worked there from Series 7 Part 2 sort of onwards, really, and have gently retired mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, sort of around Series 11 um, and moved on to, to other things. But I keep my, my hand in. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. prior to that, I You was never really leave Doctor Who. No, you never Nobody does. That's the thing. Like you never really Whether you're in it or you work around yeah. it or... You, yeah, it's kind of infectious, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, yeah. Several, several people that you've, you've interviewed on here before have no notably left oh, Doctor for sure. Who and, yeah, yeah. and have come yeah. back. Um, but um, before that, I worked for four years at Digital Spy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's probably where. Well, I was a fan before that, anyway. Sure, that's sure, where sure. Definitely my professional engagement with Doctor, with Doctor Who started. So I think probably about ten years of sort of professionally wow, being wow, paid wow. to float around in the broad orbit. Yeah, that's the dream, or is it? I've asked, I mean, everybody who's yeah. somehow professionally related to Doctor Who, I ask the as same as question: as which does it does it kill your love of Doctor Who at all? I think it does change your relationship. There's the um, there's that famous um, quote about American politics. I don't know who came up with it. It's definitely in the West Wing. Maybe it's just from the West Wing. Um, but there's two things you don't want to see being made, laws and sausages. Mm. And um, I'd add Doctor Who to that list. Yeah. Or, you know, it's kind of, it's very hard to work close to your dream. Sure, sure. Um, uh, it's difficult because when, when, when the doctor comes calling, when he asks, when, mm -hmm, when mm -hmm, the jobs mm -hmm. are offered, when, when those situations arise, you obviously jump at it and mm -hmm, you jump mm -hmm. at an opportunity to be closer to it, to do more with it. But it is challenging to put your passion yeah, yeah, I can uh, imagine. in those positions. But then, you know, you learn to deal with it. You know, yeah. it is a business at the end of the day. It's useful to have a passion, but where I work it is a business. It's mm -hmm, a, mm -hmm. it's a multi-million pound global franchise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and that's part of the reality. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you have to balance your fan head. Yeah. You know, the business head. It's especially hard when, like, Doctor Who has never really felt like a multi-million pound global franchise. And there no. are people that kind of want it to be and would w uh, would like it to stand alongside Game of Thrones and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I, I uh, don't. <laughs> it's, 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 it's difficult because... Um, oh, someone grinding something now. <laughs> This is, this is I might close the window if it goes on. This is um, just like, yeah. if someone's playing a Foley CD outside, sure, sure. Yeah. BBC Sound Effects Volume 12. Um, hopefully just quiet enough that it's <coughs> all right. But yeah. um, It's difficult because it 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 is a multi-million pound worldwide franchise mm, mm. because it makes a lot of money, mm. it costs a lot of money, um, and it is global. Um, yes, to your point, it's not quite anywhere near the scale of, mm. of, of mm. Marvel Cinematic Universe or, or Game of Thrones. Um, and I think there are people who'd like that to be the ambition. Mm. I think mm. I'd be quite happy with it being more like Star Trek has managed to position itself okay. in the last yeah, couple yeah, of yeah. years. Um, but it's, I mean, it is, it is what it is. It, and I think the thing is with, with Doctor Who is there's always been this, and it probably leads into one of my unpopular opinions we'll come to later about J&T. Sure, but I think there's, sure. this, there's a, there's a, 
you know, Doctor Who has always been a, a product machine as well, or certainly... From, uh, yeah, from the 80s onwards, for yeah, sure. One yeah, of the things yeah. That, one of the things that kept it alive when it wasn't a show was the magazine, was the books, was the uh, yeah. uh, big finish. The disposable you income of the white man, the essentially. Yeah. <laughs> the disposable income of white, middle-aged, middle-class men. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and thank God for that, uh, yeah, frankly. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And thank God for, for you know, I don't want to be sounding like the man from Worldwide too much, but, you know, licensed product, you know, Worldwide existed, you know, so the legend goes, because because of Doctor Who and it's the, the fact right, that it was right. one of the BBC's most lucrative products to sell as uh -huh, a TV uh -huh. proposition. Certainly was one of the things still they did is, sell the surely. most. And it still is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also then when Doctor Who stopped being a television property uh, in the 90s, mm. It was still a licensing machine, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and you know it generated the careers or bolstered the careers of people like Russell uh, T mm, Davis, mm. Mark Gatiss, um, yeah. a shitload of people who've come through Big Finish. Big Finish have had some yeah. ridiculously famous actors who weren't particularly famous when they did it. There, David Tennant. Sure, yeah. David Tennant yeah. turned his hand to a Big Finish uh -huh. before he became uh -huh. Doctor Who. Uh -huh. So it, I think it's it's very important to have that universe around it. Um, how far you want to push it down the Marvel Game of Thrones track? Yeah. That, I think that's a, up to other people to decide. But yeah, I think it depends on it depends on what you enjoy about Doctor Who as well. Like, yeah, I'd rather you know things like Blue Peter were the bedfellows of Doctor Who. You know, I don't. I like. Mm. Maybe that's going a bit far. Maybe that's going a bit far. But it, but. Uh, oh, but this is where I become the man from the Ministry. We need you know it needs to be a, it needs to be. A saleable oh yes. I yeah, yeah, subject yeah, in a minute, yeah. but it needs to, it needs to be a saleable yeah. success around the world in terms sure. of the shows, uh, the, the the programming, the the ancillaries, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm, is what we call mm -hmm. things like books and DVDs and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so it can get the money. The yeah. money can be returned to the BBC. They can make the program again, uh -huh, uh -huh. and it's a virtuous cycle. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not, and you know, unlike lots of these things, it doesn't disappear into the pockets of shareholders. No, at no. Marvel, Disney, yeah, uh, yeah. or or you know whoever. Um, HBO, mm. um, it, it it goes back and is reinvested once staff and costs are paid for. It gets reinvested back into programming. Yeah, yeah, which so is great. That's the it dream. Is isn't it is at least yeah. it's a nice thing. We're all yeah. doing a nice thing. Yeah. God, I sound like such a corporate wanker. <laughs> I love You've it. Ask me corporate wanker questions. It's I great. work in the colors and shapes department, by the way. This is you know I'm a, I'm a creative person. The colors and, and shapes department. Is that just, a, is yeah. that a sort of uh, that's technical. A, is that a saying? Are the colours and shapes? No, I just say it all the time. I work in <laughs> colours and shapes. When people start talking about business stuff, which you have made me do now, yeah, and yeah. made me sully myself. If anyone is still fucking listening who isn't my mum, can I swear on this? Yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone is still listening who isn't my mum, I'll be astonished, frankly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so I work mainly making digital stuff mm -hmm, around Doctor mm -hmm, Who, mm -hmm. which is far more colourful, pleasant and funny yeah. than uh, talking about it being a worldwide global yeah, franchise and yeah. such things. Can we talk about the fan show? Oh, we can talk about the fan show, yeah. yeah. So yeah, how yeah. that sort of came about, and and what the ideas were behind it, and yeah, yeah. Um, well, having uh, just uh, bid adieu to Crystal D uh, for sure. Pastures New, um, um, I, this is all fresh in my mind because I gave her uh, her leaving speech the other day. Mm. Um, in about twenty, actually about twenty thirteen, off the back of um, the fiftieth, my old boss Alex. Um, was keen to create a YouTube proposition for Doctor Who. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we piloted one, actually. Seeing as, seeing as we're having this conversation, I'm going to say these things because, you know, hey, they might get picked up on TARDIS Wikia or something. <laughs> um, we, did, we piloted it 
um, and it was called Bigger on the Inside. Right, right. Was the working title for the show. It's a good name. It's gr- it's a great name. It didn't. It, it was vetoed for several reasons, um, not least because it's anagram's body. But right, um, right. But uh, we piloted it, and we shot. Yes, we shot a pilot with Maddie Moat, mm-hmm. who we still do work with at the BBC, but on Earth stuff. But she was she's very she is a very good presenter. Mm-hmm. Um, me, because there was basically no money. Yeah. Um, a young man called Luke Spallan. Uh-huh, I've heard uh, of him. Yeah, before he worked for us, but mm-hmm. we, we hired him occasionally to do front of camera stuff at back in the day. Um, and we shot it ourselves more as a sort of working um, prototype to see whether we could do it yeah, yeah. Um, in-house. Um, and we took it to... A sort of dry run. Yeah, a dry run. Yeah. And we took it to Brian and Stephen. Brian mentioned Stephen Moffat. Uh, well, Brian mentioned effectively. And... Um, he was very keen, liked it, but it was a, a real time of transition at that point. Matt had just left. It was sort of early 2014. We sort of floated it. And it was mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. We want to get um, Peter in feet under the table, yeah, launched, yeah. blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So um, it got nixed. We put it on the shelf and we came back to it in 2015 mm. and sort of kept pushing on that door. Got a green light from Brian. He said he wanted a young female host. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only casting criteria. So I went looking around, uh, found Crystal D mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. on her own channel and a couple of other people as well. Did some screen tests. Yeah, yeah. Uh, w- embarrassing footage of which I surfaced recently for her leaving reel. <laughs> um, and um, and the rest is history. Um, but we it was nice. We sort of stuck to the three prong principle that we'd always had mm. right from the very beginning, which was to uh, to promote the show, sure. um, to sell product, mm-hmm. um, and um, to celebrate fan creativity around the world. Those mm-hmm. are sort of like mm-hmm. the three pillars of the show. And um, I felt we did quite well at that. There's a lot of things I would have changed now, looking back. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking back, every week we sort of changed the format most of the time, apart from when a season was on and we were yeah, yeah, doing a yeah. sort of re- uh, review or yeah. after-show format. The rest of the time we were just making it up as we went along, which was yeah. kind of had a lovely... It's kind of fun though, right? Fun, free... Yeah, absolutely. It was fun and freewheeling, but it was half tiring. Mm-hmm. Um, making it up every week and coming up with right. a new idea. Yeah, I had a conversation with Luke where he talked about the fact that in the, the uh, in television centre there's mm. not a lot of creating content that goes along no, normally. No, I and think... People w- were quite were raising eyebrows at you guys yeah, r- definitely. running around ba- with cameras ba- and back stuff. Back in the day when we were making that, it was sort of like uh, Television Centre was very much just worldwide staff. Now mm. there's a lot of production staff because we've become BBC Studios. Sure. And so yeah, yeah. there's lots of people now on our floor, comedy production, radio production. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got a bit of a different vibe now. Um, but back then, it was, you know, broadly accountants, right, and lawyers. Right, right, right. And there's us running around with Crystal with a fucking egg box stuck to her face yeah, or yeah. whatever, yeah. looking like a crazy person, <laughs> frankly. And um, and us all charging around and turning meeting rooms into studios and, you know, going, writing to the head of, uh, our head of um, facilities is a fantastic woman and she... Um, she looks at me with trepidation every time I approach her because I'm always about to ask her something really weird, like, mm. can I fill a meeting room full of smoke? Yeah. Uh, which we did once. And <laughs> uh, they just turned off the fire system for a whole floor and had every, like, everyone had to be walking the floors as like a fire watcher just in case while wow. the fire system was <laughs> on. Very accommodating people, which was very kind of them. Sure. Um, 
but yeah, we had really good fun. I think, um, yeah, if we did it again, if I ever did it again, which I don't think I, I would. I was going to ask you if you'd change anything. Uh, I would do, I'd make it more like the Star Wars show, which frankly uh, copied us as far as I'm concerned, because that, that came about after we started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's on their Star Wars YouTube channel. Uh, and that, that kind of is made in a, in a meeting room in their office. They're quite sort of open about that. But um, despite the fact that it's made in a meeting room in their office, it's still very lavishly done in a very mm, Disney mm. way. Um, so they've got a proper set and it's all sort of stuff. You know, it's, quite, it's quite well done from, mm, from mm. that perspective. And they have a set format. And I think I'd probably go back to that, actually. Um, less of the madcap actually trying to create something that, that like, okay. like your show, right? This, you know, yeah, this, yeah. Has got, this has got a format to a it, format, right? And people yeah. expect and understand that format. And I think yeah. it's just a bit naive to do something mad every week. Maybe people to hold on to uh, that that always has a certain appeal though, and it, I think especially when you're making stuff for YouTube as, some, as somebody who's grown up with YouTube and mm. grown up with watching YouTubers, um, when people go on YouTube, I think they want something a bit madcap, and or, they, or at least they did. Maybe mm. now they're used to seeing well, everything's mature. Same I old, suppose, same old hasn't it? on That's YouTube. Um, a lot of the vloggers that are popular now just run you through their day, or they do something very, but like. Vlogging back in the day was much more off the wall, much more mm. off the cuff, and I think, yeah, maybe that's what I go to YouTube for. Mm. Um, I think there's room for both, though. Yeah, maybe. I think there's yeah. room for both. Um, mm. But um, yeah. well, look, I'm just gonna get the final plug in. 110 episodes, six and a half million <laughs> views in total so far. That's amazing. 22 million minutes watched, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which is 41 years of watch time on the fan show. I think. It's um, incredible. So uh, I, I just, yeah, I just, yeah, get the plug in there. But yes, yeah. so no, it's um, it's been fun, and and now my involvement is uh, I work with a, a wonderful chap called Russell Minton, who you must have on actually yeah. at some point. Uh, he he's been involved with the box sets and stuff. Yeah, hasn't exactly. He? So I yeah. work with him on the collection, mm -hmm. uh, Blu-ray box sets, uh, which is uh, absolutely joyous. Um, we've got some fantastic ones in the pipeline. I have to be quite careful to remember what has and hasn't been announced. Sure, sure. Um, We've got a really see what we're loving at the moment is the, is these announcement trailers that we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, which just evolve. And you're just getting guys from YouTube to do those, right? Um, well, so there's the two things. So there's there's a cinematic trailer, which is like right, clip right. based, which right, we, we right. get people like off you, off YouTube to do. Uh -huh. So um, the lovely Ben Cook is doing the next oh one yeah. um, for series ten, uh, which has already been announced. Um, so that's good, and then but we've got these. Planet of the Daleks was his first ever story he watched, and, so and that's why he heart, yeah. he kept mentioning to Luke that he'd really like to do one. <laughs> and then when Series Ten came along, he was like, "I really want to do one." Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So it's his, it's his it's his personal beloved uh -huh. um, uh -huh. series. So he's uh, he's he's doing that, which is it looks phenomenal. Actually, I'm yeah. excited. We yeah. nearly finished that one, but we're also doing these these sort of daft announcements uh, when we announce we've got a series on the way. And I the saw Mujahideen. Yeah, yeah, and that was just because Chris Chapman, who's who's a phenomenal. If you've not had him on, you should try and no, get him. No, so he no. does a lot of the docos for right, us. Right, right. He did. He did some. He of used the to work on the DVD extras on the, too. Yeah, right? and yeah. he did um, the Ice Warriors animation mm, as mm. well. His company did that, or a company he worked for. And um, yes, yeah, so he'd be a great guest actually. Um, cool. But he uh, was doing the time flight mm, making mm, of, mm. Um, and so had Janet and Peter and Sarah mm. on a Concord, and. I don't know whose thought it was, but between him, Russell Minton, and Pete McTie, yeah, who then subsequently was like, "Oh, by the way, I'm writing for Series 11." Wow, wow. Um, uh, he was already on, on board to do like box set notes and stuff like that. Um, between three of them, they came up with this brilliant script for her mm -hmm. to do, and they mm -hmm. just did it, and we released it, and everyone loved it. 
And then season 18, it was like, okay, well, let's, get, a fixture now, let's get Tom to do a voiceover for this one. So we did that. And then season 19, no, that was season 19, season 18. And then season 10 was this ridiculous with one with Joe, uh, Grant, Joe and yeah. Cliff. Uh, so we've got a brilliant one for the next one, mm-hmm. of which I cameo in. Oh, great. Um, because cool. there was no money. Um, <laughs> so I'm in the next one. Um, that's cool. But that is, that's a really funny one. And then, and then the next one has also been shot as well. The next one after that. It's a very moving one. So oh, there wow. you go. Great. So that's so exciting. The next two season box sets already, yeah, stacking up. And then I think there's... See, this is the sort of thing I'm talking about. It's madcap. So mad- there is room for both. You've got the cinematic trailer there. Yeah. And yeah. then you've got the madcap the mad stuff. Ca- that's right. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, it's good fun. Great. What should we talk about next? Should we do that first or that first? Let's do um, how you got into Doctor Who, first of all. How I got into Doctor Who? Um, isn't it funny how your sort of origin myth maybe gets kind of well sort of chewed over in your head? Mm, but, um, mm. And maybe changed as and well. And prob- probably is yeah. changed as well several several times along the way. Um, uh, so my mum used to work in Woolies mm. doing shelf stacking on a Friday night. Uh, for younger listeners, that's Woolworths. Woolworths, uh, sorry, yeah, Woolworths. Yeah. Now defunct <laughs> uh, department store, effectively, or everything kind store. Of, yeah. Pick and mix. It's not and really something VHS like retailer. it anymore, is there? No, not really. They've all turned into Poundlands, which I suppose is the closest. It is kind of like, but, but like more highbrow. Yeah, yeah, more highbrow than more Poundland, highbrow. for sure. And it's definitely where I bought my first Doctor Who VHSs. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so she used to shelf stack on a Friday night, so... We drive her down. This is back in this is way back in the nineties, children, when houses <laughs> had one car and and things like that. And I was eight, and my brother was six. Mm. And so me and my dad and my brother, uh, we'd all get in the car, and we'd drive mum downtown, kick her out, zoom back, and we'd run through the kitchen looking at the clock because at six o'clock there would be on BBC Two, Stingray. Right. So this was off the back of when Thunderbirds came back in okay. the 90s yeah. and things like that. Tracy Island craze mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. Blue Peter did Paper Papier Macho, Tracy Island, sure. all that sort of shit. My mum worked in Woolies. She bought us a Tracy Island. Three came into the store. Oh, those Tracy we Island. We got a real one. I, yeah, there was a Christmas where everybody wanted mm. one. And I, I asked for it so much. And then my, my parents found me one. Mm. And my parents didn't have a lot of money. They mm. must have like, had to really try hard to find me one. And, um, and then I never played with it. You bastard. I know, I know. <laughs> I just... Uh, poor parents. I know. I just I had... Yeah, I, d- I have no excuse. I have, I have no excuse. I literally have no excuse. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, so we dash back in, Stingray, and then after that was the man from Uncle. Right, right. Um, so Stingray is like Thunderbird's aquatic cousin, basically. Okay, as well. okay. And, um, and, then, uh, and then the man from Uncle, which is this sort of hysterical... Um, the, the sea devils, the Thunderbird, Thunderbird Silurians, in a lot of ways. Uh, is who Stingray. What? S- sorry, that joke oh, is so yes, yeah, sorry. so oh. niche. Uh, yeah. Oh wow, bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm rusty this evening. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know when you hear aquatic cousin and your Doctor Who brain just cousin. goes. Little perk we said goes off. Um, and yeah, Man from Uncle was this sort of shit knockoff um, James Bond TV series uh, from right, the sixties right. and seventies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, just w- and it was all knock about fun. Watch that. And that was like fun Friday night with dad. Mm. And then for some reason, we didn't turn over or turn the telly off. Mm. And I saw, funnily enough, an episode of The Sea Devils um, straight afterwards. And I swear blind, but God knows it's too long ago now, um, that it was the one that begins with them coming out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always images it's like that that people yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. Imi- but then I don't know the memory cheats, mm. Uh, mm. as the saying goes. But the, I, yeah, so anyway, Sea Devil comes out of the water. 
And I was transfixed. I remember asking my dad what this is. And my dad was born in 1952. Okay. So perfect Doctor Who age. And yet is into war films. I think boys of that era went one of two ways. You sort of went down your sort of, you know, Cowboys and Indians war films kind of thing or Spacemen. And he went the wrong way. (laughs) Um, So he's like, oh, it's Doctor Who, you know. Gave me, the, gave me the background as someone from the UK born in the 50s would have that cultural wash. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, you know, he changes his face, travels around in a police box or phone box or whatever. Mm, mm. Okay, well, bonkers, fine, whatever. Um, and in the following weeks, I continued to watch. And the, what I've since discovered is the BBC had, the, it was running up to the 30th anniversary in 1993. So throughout the, uh, the, those kind of weeks, they screened uh, an episode from each doc or a story from each doctor so uh, there was Genesis of the Daleks over right, six right. weeks Caves of Androzani mm-hmm. Revelation of the Daleks mm-hmm. and then Battlefield right um, and I was absolutely fucking hooked by that point mm-hmm. my mum knew more about Doctor Who actually funny enough she enjoyed it more as a child and yeah, as a, as a yeah. teenager sort of fond memories of Hartnell and Troughton um, and my mum still enjoys it now my dad will fall asleep during it my mum will, will <laughs> enjoy it um, although her review is usually, oh, that was good. Which is, you know, I've always said, you know, Stephen Moffat always talks about the other 100% of the audience who, oh, who, so true. who have a normal relationship with Doctor Who, which is just going, oh, that was good, and yeah. then watching Strictly, yeah. which is what my mum does. Uh-huh. And that, that's a perfectly normal relationship to have with the show, and what we do is very strange. Very <laughs> we need to understand what we do is strange. very strange. Yes, it's um, so true. So, I mean, so he's talked in interviews a lot about how uh, the vast majority of the audience don't know who he is i remember when he was leaving he was like well i'm not going to do anything for that because i'm nobody nobody. to the vast majority of the audience and i think that's changing a bit actually i think more people there's a there's a larger portion now that i very much agree it's it's it's, um it's it's stephen's uh you know offhand modesty about Mm. his own contribution to things um i i think the the nature of the superstar showrunner, yeah, Russell, yeah. Stephen, Chris, is kind of m- m- more, you know, more people will know who they are. Yeah. Um, even Chris Chibnall, who keeps quite a low profile compared to Stephen. Sure. Um, well, people will know who yeah. he is compared to His Barry shirts Letts. are louder than Stephen's, well, though, aren't they? <laughs> but compared to, like, <laughs> compared to Barry Letts or Philip Hinchcliffe. Right, or yeah, 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 or for, sure, for sure. Nobody would have known back then who they were. Who they yeah. Were. Um, and even though they had less power than the showrunner, people still weren't going to know who Eric Sayward was. Yeah, or, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's slightly disingenuous of Stephen, but that's uh-huh. him being kind of. Silly is this a, there's a kernel of truth in there. There is a kernel yeah, of truth yeah. in there, though. I definitely think. Um, what was I trifling on about? Um, Sorry, I think I interrupted I was, you. No, it's all right. I you a, you I were talking about your mum and dad. Oh, and how she 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 yep. just enjoys it as a casual viewer. Yeah, yeah and um, so that's how I got into Doctor Who. Um, and then there was the 30th anniversary that was super useful. You know, mm. Dimensions in Time mm. is my first freshly TX Doctor Who story. Wow. Um, yeah, I've I'm a proper child of the Interregnum. I'm a I'm yeah. a Wilderness Years kid. I uh, yeah. So I I joined Doctor Who in 1992. Um, right, uh, absolutely the shittest point the, the to join the, the franchise. It's like almost the worst year. No, actually, I think maybe like 2000 and 2001 are like the worst times. Yeah, probably. Like you, you really think it's over because you've had the false start of the TV movie by then. Yeah, and and, and the there's no news. Just run out of puff. Well, exactly, yeah. and there's no news for. Um, of New Doctor Who, yeah. No. Like, once you get into 2003, you're like, oh, well, you're looking forward to New Who then a bit. Well, also 2000, yeah. Was it, it, was it 03 or 04? I think it's 04 it's announced. Okay. But also, you know, you got plenty, what are you talking about? You got plenty to look forward to. There was Scream of the Shalker. 
Yes. There was um, True. Death Comes to Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Goss will be very upset with sorry, you. Sorry, sorry, James. Sorry. Um, uh, no, I mean, no. I, I mean, this is the point. I suppose there's always been wall to wall Doctor Who. But yes, in terms of, you know, I think it's given me an interesting view. And I think this is an, is an interesting point I like to talk about occasionally. It's mm, like, mm. Um, we currently have had three showrunners of the modern show. Yeah. Who have all grown up with similar experiences of mm. Doctor Who, mm. I think. You know, Russell and Stephen, slightly older than, than Chris, but, but you know, so Chris is a, a kid of the sort of... Well, actually, I think Stephen and Chris are a bit more contemporary, yeah, sort of kids of the 80s. They're kind of a similar age, aren't they? I but think my point is, the, the current three showrunners yeah. of the, the, the newly rebooted Doctor mm. Who we've had have were children when Doctor Who was on telly. Yeah. I will be interested to see, and I'm not trying to push him out, but I'll be interested to see who follows Chris, yeah. because it would be interesting to start getting that generation come through who weren't. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, who didn't have Doctor Who, such a readily available source, for whom Doctor Who was DWM get a subscription every month, mm, was mm. a VHS, was UK Gold. Or I badgered my parents yeah, to get or cable. Or even somebody who's who kind of Doctor Who wasn't really on their radar until New Who and, and they were an adult or You can't no you can't skip the you can't skip the wilderness kids. Don't <laughs> don't fucking skip us. It's twelve Sorry. years. Sorry. No, more than twelve. Fifteen seventeen years. Yeah. Lots of years. Lots I, of years. I mean it's been the key distinction between showrunners, quote unquote, of old mm. Doctor Who who yeah. who wouldn't have grown up with it and no. sort of came into it with little to no knowledge and just made yeah. the best show they could. And I, I think really it's that, that uh, 88, 89 kind of time when some of the writers yes. had watched um, yes. uh, Troughton and well Pertwee you, and you're, Baker. You, 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 your standout is Andrew Smith. Uh-huh. Full well, circle. yeah, there's, there's but, Andrew but Smith. Yeah, barring that, I think you're probably right. It start, it's really only when you start to get people like Ben Aronovich and, uh, and Ian Briggs and, and, Briggs and, and those, those kind of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, um, it's fun. But that, that sort of talks about the sort of yeah, fan ownership of things. I think that's an interesting Yeah. Thing. But I um, like it. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse, though, it isn't is. it? Yeah, definitely. It Shall we, before we move on to unpopular opinions, I want to let you plug doing the thing and talk about that for Oh, bit. doing yeah. the thing. Yeah. Oh, that's very kind of you to allow me to promote my new podcast on your much more successful and well-established podcast. What well, episode number is this? 77. 77? Yeah, yeah. Shit, hey, that's I impressive. Know, I know. Um, well, if we ever get to 77, I will be a very happy man. <laughs> um, so myself and Luke Spillane, you may have heard of him. Um, yeah, he's been on the podcast been twice, been I think. Has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. you really did run out of guests. <laughs> <laughs> Ages ago. I want him to come back, actually, because I've no, not, I've no, not uh, no, no, no. interviewed Luke for a couple of years now. Yeah, he hasn't changed much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's lovely. I love him dearly. Um, he came up with a brilliant idea on his Instagram um, well, he was just chatting away to his Instagram mm, like he does because mm. Kez, his girlfriend, stopped listening to him, I think, um, about um, his anxiety around buying a bike helmet. Yes, once. yes. And um, it was very sweet. And he then went to the shop, mm. bought a bike helmet, mm. and then did a confessional to his phone again saying, I did it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as hard as I thought. Yeah. I, was, I, felt, I feel a bit silly now. Mm-hmm. And uh, my advice to you is just do the thing. And... His inbox filled up with DMs from people saying, oh my God, yeah. I totally dislike yeah. this, that, and the other. I totally get it. I feel the same way about phone calls mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. speaking in public, whatever. And he posted a few of those anonymized on his story. And I messaged him going, you realize this is a really fucking great idea for a podcast mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to do it with anybody other than me. <laughs> and he was like, great, yes, let's do it. And he, in fact, he sent me uh, one from... Uh, someone who shall remain nameless, but right, I can right. do a terrible impression of them as well. Maybe this is a fun way of, you know, 
Oh, oh yes, I hate doing phone calls, Luke. Oh, I hate them. It's on Instagram. <laughs> and it's a very bad impression of him. Uh, oh, 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 bye. Love, Russell. Um, and uh, yes, he hates doing vocals. So we're, we're trying to triangulate some time with Mr. T. Davis at some point, uh-huh. um, which would be fabulous to do. But uh, he's Can I keep that in? He's a pardon? Can I keep you that can in? Keep that in cool, of course you cool. Can. And uh, started doing The Thing. It's a podcast <laughs> uh, that aims to... Uh, Unravel social anxiety one thing at a time. It's about the things that make you feel sweaty, awkward, and weird, and we kind of want to just celebrate them and come up with tips to get over them. So it's kind of funny, yeah, uh, rather than self. That was sort of paraphrased from the spiel you do at the start of the yeah, it was. Of I each mean, episode. You know, it's important to have a format. Yeah. Shut <laughs> up. Um, the uh, the two guests you've had so far are both Doctor Who people, sort of. They as well. have both been Doctor Who people. Yeah, We've had the lovely of. Bethany Black. Yeah. Uh, who played uh, ooh, five seven five five seven five? Come on, there you go. I was going to go with one four seven one. In forty two, no, not forty. Uh, what's it called Sleep No Sleep More. No Why more. Forty two. Oh, because of numbers. And numbers. then you had the writer of Sleep No More. And then no you had more. the writer of Sleep yeah. No More, Mark yeah. Gatiss. Yeah. Um, so um, great. Yeah, they've. Is your next guest a Doctor Who person? No, completely no. Great. unrelated. That's good. Oh well, no, I know who your next guest is actually. Uh, yeah. And uh, that'll be out this Sunday. So it's Lex Crouch, actually, which I think will probably beat you to the, the podcast publishing there. So Yeah, um, I'm putting this out so like a week on Monday. Week so on Monday, it'll yeah, be so out so by yeah, then. Lex Crouch will be out in episode three. And you can listen great, to that at great. doingthethingpodcast.com. Yeah, and there's um, episode zero as well with Luke Episode himself, zero with Luke really nice well, who's a Doctor Who um, person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so you please do check that follow us. We're on all the all the things at doing the podcast. Are you going to do one at any point? Are you going to um, be? A g- are you going to put yourself in the guest chair? I think honestly, it will just be like when you put yourself in the guest chair because someone's accidentally forgotten how to manage their diary and you're oh left no, I d- holding I did the it mic as, a, as like an anniversary episode. Thing. Oh, okay. I did Maybe it for episode fifty. Maybe you could do that. I could be the fiftieth anniversary special. You could be, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> that takes me back because I worked with Luke on the fiftieth anniversary special. Right, I hired right. him when he was a five-year-old <laughs> and marched him around XL and shouted at him. Good times. That's Good so t- great. <laughs> <laughs> Still on the Doctor Who YouTube channel. Yeah. He looks so young. The thing is, it's so great. Because um, Luke, Luke had mentioned the podcast, the, the idea of the podcast to me about a year ago now. Yeah, and it's uh, taken us a while. It's, but it's, I love how much, um, how meticulous you've been about it. And, and it's so well played. I love the music. Who did the music? That is the lovely Blair Mowat. That's him. Wow. Um, isn't he brilliant? Of, of class fame. The music is Have great. Have you ever had him on? No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. Blair would be good. Let's get Blair on. Great, he's great. absolutely so delightful. So guest recommendations so today. No, he's lovely. Um, Blair's lovely. Uh, so he did yeah. he did the fan show theme for us. Yeah. Um, and he did um, the, um, the soundtrack, the to, soundtrack class to class. Too, right? And he's done um, some big Finnish scores too, I think. Now. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's super duper. Um, and he's, um, yeah, he's done loads of stuff and he's getting but getting yeah. bigger and bigger these days. So it's, that's all, it's also polished. Like, yeah. I, I'm, oh. so, I'm so impressed with your patience because when I started this, I think there was about a fortnight between me having the idea and the first episode going out. But I, and I didn't have a lo- like, I didn't have a logo. I was just like, yeah, you did the look, but then she didn't do it quick enough. So I was just like, I'm gonna, just going to put the episode you out. See, and I I look at this on the flip side. Yeah. That I admire your drive. Yes, I guess and, so. And your I guess you're a person who works in branding. So I mean. Partly is that. So yeah. partly it was like we didn't want to go off half-cocked. We did want to kind of make the most of it. We, mm. we kind of wanted to put into practice some of the things we learned and know from, yeah. like, Luke manages lots of YouTube channels at mm. work. Mm. And, and, yeah, we work in digital content publishing. So sure. I kind of wanted sure. it to be reasonably slick. Um, but also, it did take a year, frankly, uh-huh. um, which it shouldn't have done. Um, yeah. Maybe there's a middle ground between there, our there two There is a middle ground. <laughs> I, think, I think also, I'm going to blame Doctor Who because in the middle of that, Series 11 happened. Yeah, and yeah. so Luke's time disappeared at sure, work. Yeah. And, um, so, so kind of, you know, blame Doctor Who. 
There you go. Um, Great. We, we got our shit together in the end. Thank you. Yeah. Should we move on to... Uh, unpop- well, I tell you uh, what, another thing about doing the thing, actually. I love how short and sweet it is. Oh, some right. podcasts like this rambly bollocks way, that I'm doing for Way you. too long. <laughs> no, because, pe- like... It's a, they're about half an hour, 40 yeah, minutes, Yeah, we're going they? for half an hour. Which we're is... Which half an hour. Is, that's enough. I think so. Yeah. I like... Uh, I like. How long is this going to be? You're going to edit a lot of me out, aren't you? Well, here's a little... Uh, Fact. Uh, <laughs> I've been. I w- used to make them an hour twenty. Yeah. Um, and that was all. That was all kind of because th- my first guest, Richard B. Brooks, oh. just went on and on for yeah. an hour twenty, <laughs> um, which uh, was great. And then that sort of set the bar. Yeah. But then I looked at my analytics recently on SoundCloud oh. and realised that people were all dropping off for an hour. So I made them an hour now. That's good. yeah. I mean, that, I think that's. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Again, we talked about that about that sort of snackable length. Mm. You know, mm. I think you want leave people wanting more rather than rather than yeah. And there's I think there's also away in through. my own personal experience of podcasts, I've um, uh, signed up for a few that have been like like newspapers sometimes do those daily things and mm. stuff. Mm. I don't like twenty minutes. Too twenty short. minutes doesn't feel like yeah. There's no point putting it on really. Mm. Mm. Half an hour would be the minimum. I think an hour would probably be my maximum. Yeah, yeah. Although I do actually, I, I listen to things like Romaniacs. That's an mm. hour and twenty minutes. Mm. Sometimes they they're a bit free flowing. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. I think I think you do have to think about kind of what someone's doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I'll put them on in the gym, and I'll be at the gym for an hour. Very so few commutes are longer than an hour. An hour exactly. Very go. few. But yeah. Exactly. If yeah. you're doing a commute that's longer than an hour, think about moving house or changing job. <laughs> yeah. My commute's yes. longer than an hour. This, that's the kind of advice you get on doing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Think about moving house or changing job. <laughs> Great. Should we move on to unpopular opinions? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, Chris Allen, you're, I keep thinking your surname is Arnold, and I keep Chris having to stop Arnold, myself from saying Arnold. No, um, no. Um, your first unpopular opinion is? My first unpopular opinion is, I can't remember exactly how I phrased this to you, but I feel like John Nathan Turner gets a far worse rap than he deserves. Mm. Um, so I think that there's a couple of pieces to this. Right. I feel like Doctor Who history at the moment is written by a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly there were certain texts when I was younger mm-hmm. in, the mm-hmm. inter- in the interim, interregnum wilderness. Ooh. Oh, crikey. An ambulance there, coming past. Pardon? An ambulance. Ambulance. There were certain texts written um, that were kind of gospel. Mm, mm. Um, and the opinions stated in them, I think, become kind of gospel. The discontinuity guide. I'm I loved of the discontinuity guide. And yeah. I mean, I am throw no shade at yeah. the fine authors of the discontinuity guide. However, and, um, and uh, the television companion mm, as well. Mm. Who's the author of that? Uh, I've forgotten. David J. Howe. Yes. So... Yeah. Um, I think it might be David J. Howe and the other one. Anyway, um, these are fine books. And, and back in the pre-internet days, you had to have a publishing contract to have you know, yeah. an opinion mm. um, and spread it widely. Um, and growing was, up... That was an Edenic time in a way, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and growing up in a small town um, sure. with, uh, without the internet, uh, oh God. the start of my Doctor Who career at least, mm. um, it was, um, you, you took those opinions as gospel. Yeah. But those are the opinions of men of a certain age mm. who grew up with a certain type of Doctor Who. And yep. then I think possibly, and not specifically looking at those two books now, but m- more in general, the kind of wider fan prevailing view of 80s Doctor Who is not that good. Mm. Um, Sylvester McCoy and Colin Baker, especially, um, those were sort of that was sort of the sort of 
less so now because of the sort of diversification the internet's caused. Yes. But I think there was that kind of wash. This is su- yeah, this is such an in- interesting topic to dive into because you get. M- I mean, my podcast is essentially about what the consensus on something is and and people right. people breaking away from that. And what I found, you know, seventy seven episodes in, is that people disagree on what the consensus is now and i think the internet has brought that about absolutely Um, because anyone can have an opinion is love and monsters popular is it not you know is it's dreadful do we (laughs) (laughs) that is is sacrilege on this podcast this podcast is a love and monsters supporting i actually i haven't watched it for such a long time um god but that's the thing the irony is that one would think that would be the the prevailing view. However, yeah. however, oh no, the prevailing view swung back. Everyone thinks is is genius. Everybody now. I yeah. ask to be on the podcast says, "Can I talk about love and monsters?" You know, so it's yeah, that is a funny thing, really. But um, yeah, you were saying about these no, texts, these bibles of Doctor Who. So so that was a prevailing view, and I think that's that's born out of several things. I think there's a, a, a you know your love of Tom Baker, therefore equal, possibly equals your dislike of Sylvester McCoy and mm, Colin Baker, mm. and and I think there was. A lot of the blame for that era was laid at the feet of John Nathan Turner. Sure. And I don't want to get into the long grass of, you know, uh, that autobiography or that biography, mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which was, a, which was a, I thought, actually a really interesting read, yeah, regardless. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, an old colleague of mine, Matt, who used to be the brand manager of Doctor Who right, for right. about, I don't know, four years or so, uh-huh. over the 50th, he once said to me, that John Nathan Turner was the first brand manager for Doctor Who. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about, about uh, the sort of recognition of um, yeah. showrunners. I nearly interjected when you listed those names and put John in there and said, well, actually... He's kind of the anomaly, because yeah, he's the he transitional moment yeah, between yeah. Um, people who are um, not fans of the series, mm. because it probably didn't exist when they were younger, um, sure. uh, are jobbing producers, they like it. They get it. They understand it. Mm, I don't want to mm. shit on any of them. And no, no. But they, but they, it's job. Mm. John, I think, is the first person who, I don't know if he had a, a particular fandom for it, but he'd worked on it for a long time mm. beforehand, mm. and I think he'd seen the possibilities with it. He also saw, very importantly, the commercial aspects of mm-hmm. it. And this is why, mm. I d- again, I don't want to sound like the man from Worldwide, but he saw that it needed to be on VHS. He yeah, saw yeah. that it needed to be... Yeah. Some terrible. I mean, there's some terrible products. I'm mm. not gonna. I'm mm. not gonna defend the product choices. <laughs> the, the the Doctor Who Ultimate Adventure uh, board game thing is the. Oh my God! What's it? it uh, what's it called? I the think it is it? Is it not the it's called um, Battle for the Universe. Battle for the. So, ages ago, before. Sorry to interject again, no. but before I uh, made Galactic Yo-Yo, hmm. um, I my account was a was called Who Merch, and it was a sort of Who right. FX inspired thing where I would go through merchandise of Doctor Who, and I made a, like a. 40-minute YouTube video of mm. me and a non-fan playing Battle for the Universe. Oh, my God. It is absolutely appalling. It is the, so the, dire. The pictures. Oh, the, my the God. The pictures are, are so unrepresentative. Kate O'Mara could have <laughs> sued for the representation of the, of the Rani. So and Romana is green. Yeah, it's, it's so off. I mean, it is... Yeah. It is the. There are, there are misspellings and everything. The it's most dashed-off-the-cuff, piss-poor yeah. thing yeah, ever. Yeah. But the intention was at mm-hmm. least there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the strange, wonderful, sort of plethora of odd books that, that yeah. come out in the Davison, late Davison um, and Colin Baker eras. I've got Choose Your Own Adventure, Colin Baker books. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I've got one of those. I think Lee, Lee and his partner Paddy bought me for a birthday. Yeah. Um, I've got um, 
the quiz books, yeah. the Doctor Who book of magic. <laughs> is there one about dinosaurs, the I think? There's as well? a, I've got that one. Uh, there's one, the Doctor Who pattern book for knitting. Pattern book for knitting, yes. Yeah, um, um, the, the, the cookbook, obviously, by Gary Downey. Oh, yeah. I mean, who the could less forget? said about that, who the could better. Who forget? <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's... A, my point being is he saw Doctor Who as a brand rather than as a program. And maybe mm, mm. people at home are wincing hearing the man from worldwide say that. But I think that's a reality we have to deal with is that any program, yeah. that any, you know, we, we, we're all happy talking about the MCU. Why aren't we happy talking about the, you know, the DWCU, you mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm. we, there's something about Doctor Who that makes us feel a bit uneasy, maybe because it's our thing. Because we think it's art, because we don't want to share it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, I th is it, it about the fact that it is a commodity at the end yeah. of the day? Is it about the fact uh, the fact that businesses can make a loss and fail, and we're all scared of Doctor Who being axed again? And that's that's the, the if it's kept as pure anxiety. art, it might not fail. Well, I don't know. No, but I mean, if it's kept as a, it's an interesting point. I, I mentioned Blue Peter earlier, and I yeah. realise it's not at all in the same league as Doctor Who in any way, or <laughs> in the same category, but. We kind of know Blue Peter's going to be around forever. Like, it's sort of there. It's Will it be? I don't know. I, ju I just feel like maybe maybe something about the c commercialization makes people anxious because because that feels like I think relying I think on an audience in a certain way. Yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, as we previously discussed, Doctor Who survived on its commercialization yeah, 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 when sure. it didn't exist mm -hmm. as, mm -hmm. a, as a core proposition, yeah, um, yeah. as a show. I don't know. It is an I probably sound so, uh, so naive. I said core, core proposition there, and I want to cut my own head off. Um, <laughs> um, but I think um, it's interesting, and it has to be done sensitively. Sure. I think there has been there has been some inexcusably shite Doctor Who merchandise over right. the years, yeah. both then and now. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, not now, now. Obviously, it's brilliant now. But I think you know there have been some destroyed. Cassandra springs to mind. Destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite pieces of bubble wrapped crap. Um, um, no, absolutely. That's, that, is, that is almost phenomenal trolling, mm, I think. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the Bobby destroyed Cassandra. Um, but I, I think as if it's done well, people, in it should enhance your pleasure of the show and add Definitely. to it. In a way that I think, you know, Big Finish have done incredibly well. Mm -hmm. The various book ranges, be they Virgin or BBC Books, yeah. or, you know, have done incredibly well and have kept characters alive. Kept actors in uh, pop in noodles. Work. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's it is a balance, but I think that all starts with JNT, and I think actually without JNT, you wouldn't have had the new. Well, you wouldn't have had Sylvester McCoy. You would have been cancelled in 1986. It would have gone. You wouldn't yeah, have had. Can't avoid McCoy. that. Really. I can't imagine the new adventures of the Doctor no. and Perry no. being much cop. To be honest, not really. Two people being fucking furious with each other across four. Colin Baker pages. would have probably written some though. <laughs> My God, that would have been amazing. Um, I don't know what you mean. No, I think I think <laughs> maybe one of the the counterpoints is that that maybe back then the the marrying of the creative role of the script editor and mm. and JNT's role as producer wasn't quite there yet. So things like yeah. his choices about the costume, no, absolutely were, were yeah. not. You know, he had he was thinking only about branding and no, completely. Um, and I think I think it's interesting because as well I do I do look at it as very much a transitional point. There's so yeah, much yeah. happening. It's in the TV. dry run. Yeah, and, and there's yeah. so much happening in TV there at the point, which is so so weird as well. Like, mm. Ghostlight is still made in studio, despite the fact that in Britain we have about 400 million Victorian houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In. Yeah, so and weird. It's, it's such a weird moment that, and it's just before television really changes and stops doing 
film mm. studio mm. and starts doing the model we have now. Um, yeah, when, I mean a lot needed. A lot of that McCoy stuff in tone and in and in uh, feel, it kind of feels like New Who, like yeah, something like Survival. Very much New Who, yeah. Feels like something like Rose, mm. but. But then it doesn't because it, it's shot like old Who and it, and it looks it's cheap pedest- and it's... Pedestal cameras in a studio. But m- then when it's freed from it, when it's Fenric, when it's mm. all on location mm. or... or, or that looks or, great. Or yeah, really good. Or huge chunks of um, yeah. survival. Mm. Uh, it's survival all on location. It is. It is um, all on location, but it's, uh, I think it's filmed on video as well. Yeah, it's all filmed it's on video. Cheap. But, it, uh, you know, it's a step in the right direction. And, so, and I think there's all sorts of things changing. And I think what you get there as well is you get Andrew Cartmore coming in, who in, who in many respects is the, show, is the, is the showrunner of Doctor mm. Who at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we talk Definitely. about the Cartmore master plan. You know, it's at that point that the, the, yeah. the person who has the keys in terms of the creative drive of the show is the script editor. Definitely. I mean, um, I, Andrew speaks very highly of J&T yeah, as well. I, uh, yeah. I there were certain I things I think he would p- pull him up on, but... Yeah. Uh, and I think that one of the benefits now is that a showrunner like Russell or, or Stephen Moffat or, or Chris Chibnall um, has kind of got his hands in both pies, in a way. They do, um, although I guess sort of... I, think I guess you know more about that. Well, different people manage it in different ways, and I mm-hmm. think the... Um, God. <laughs> <laughs> is this a minefield now? What I know about, well, not too much of minefield, no. Um, I, I still think there is that division yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. labour. Stephen was, uh, f- well, from my perspective, a lot of the, the, the my day-to-day work was signed off by Brian Minchin. Right, right, right. Um, who was sort of more in, you know, who's, who's, whose role was much mm. more across the product, global, business Commercial side, side of, of it, where yeah. Stephen's head was firmly in. Writing, writing, writing. Oh my god! I you wish know. I'd had a person in mind then that I could have interrupted you with when you said uh, w- Stephen's head was firmly in, and I could have said somebody's <laughs> ass, but I I didn't Ba-dum-tsh. have an appropriate. Um, yeah, sorry, listeners. Um, Lay you down there. So yeah, no, I think there's, but I mean that's the nature of it. I don't think it, it's a role that is bigger than one person as mm. well, because mm. it because it is an especially enormous, in 2019, oh, especially for sure, 2019. Yeah. But I think also back then, you mm. know, it, mm. you start to see that there's got to you know increasing. I always say that the the in old who the producer script editor is effectively the showrunner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, but increasingly, but even you know then towards the end, it was kind of unsustainable for one person to be yeah. running the show. I mean, even for the script editor, when you read Andrew Carmel's book, it's That's like he's spinning so many plates. So many plates. Um, yeah, again, yeah, unsustainable, yeah, yeah. right? Unsustainable, yeah. right, indeed. So I think, I think you know, I, I admire how he took Doctor Who to a different place. I admire how he fucking kept on making that show, mm, which mm. frankly, you know, if he hadn't been there or he just said, I can't be bothered, mm. it would have stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And quite whether we would have got to season 26, quite whether we'd got to a place of slight redemption for Doctor Who, mm-hmm. quite whether we'd... Go, I like, see, I like 25, 26, 24. Yeah, I like 24. I don't mind Colin Baker either, but it's the... 24 is great. Really great. 24 uh, needs reappraising, I think. Time and the Ronnie's uh, abominable, but... When you look at something like um, uh, Delta and the Bannermans... Friends of mine would be very upset with your drubbing of time in the Give Rani. them my email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, doing looks, looks something like Delta and the Bannermans. Delta and the Bannermans, um, very cute. What else in 24? Dragonfire. Paradise, Paradise Towers. Towers. Bloody Paradise great. Towers really excellent. good. Paradise yeah. Towers is like a dry run for what's to come next, isn't it? The sort, yeah. of, sort of darker, weirder. So, so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, As is, yeah and Delta's very good. Like mm. little, yeah, that weird Goronwi character with all mm. his honey who's basically mm. a Time Lord, but we don't really talk about it. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. 
There was a massive eye roll that was almost <laughs> picked up by my mic then. It's just one of those one of those classic no. things fans say, isn't it? Is he a Time Lord? Do you subscribe to that? Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I haven't watched it for a little while. But yeah. Um, no, no. It's a yeah. It's I mean, it's a, a paper. It's a paper thin theory, though, isn't it? I don't think. I don't want to get into that too much. It's well, I think we should. Pre- have it. I think we should fucking have this out now. <laughs> it's pretty esoteric. <laughs> didn't realise that there was going to be such a deeply held belief about. So I didn't mean to roll my eyes. Oh, I feel like a. I feel like an enormous cornerstone of my belief in Delta and the Bannermen's. I feel embarrassed out. now. So your second unpopular opinion. Let's do that. My second unpopular opinion is actually my second unpopular opinion. I have a, a quote for actually. Oh, and great. Uh, looked out. A little epigram for your unpopular epigram. opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was a. Uh, colleague of mine remembered seeing this uh, when I was talking about this at lunchtime today and this is from Philip Pullman's intro to The Great. Writer's Tale oh um, right yeah. of, of Russell T. Davis yeah, yeah. Um, um, his attitude talking about Russell is again mine and therefore resonantly true quote creating something is not a democracy the people have no say mm. the artist does it doesn't matter what the people witter on about they and their response come after they're not here for the creation and I am going to stand behind Russell because he's a big man uh, mm. and uh, <laughs> and people can throw things at him instead. But I kind of firmly believe that. So when you emailed me a couple of weeks ago sure. uh, to come on this, um, all the chatter was about uh, on Twitter and stuff was uh, was the end of Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones being sure, yeah. deemed dissatisfactory. Are you a Game of Thrones watcher? I am not. I watched right. the first three seasons of it mm. and then when mm. this is just people being really fucking horrible to each other yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on a series of exquisitely rendered CG <laughs> and non-CG backgrounds. Right. Um, I hear it's very good. Yeah, and yeah. people are still exquisitely horrible to each uh-huh. other. Um, but if I wanted to just watch snuff porn, I would probably just go and find some. But yeah. I'm not into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched about half a series one and <sighs> just c- I just couldn't get invested. It's just horrible. But, anyway. Um, anyway, yeah. But what do we know? It's very popular, apparently. Sure, mm. sure. But apart from the last couple of episodes, which are apparently worse than Hitler. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it, it's very complicated. It's yeah. I've never seen such a fall from, from favour. It was extraordinary. No, nor it's usually it takes longer than nor, that, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it peters out. But that was, that was like... You get a sort of murmurs in fan communities. Oh, maybe it's yeah. not as good as it used to be. Or yeah, blah, blah, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Bubble, but bubble, bubble. But yeah. no, no, that was an absolute mm. car crash. Anyway, um, and... It was when be when fucking silly season started opening and people got on uh, a petitions website <laughs> yeah, and started yeah. organising a petition <laughs> to reshoot the ending or reshoot the last couple of episodes. And it's like, are you actually? Yeah. No, I'm sure. I think they wanted the whole season redoing. Um, I, yeah, sure. But it's like, are you fucking serious? Because some of the people, yeah, even if you set up for a joke, some of the people who are filling that in believe it, mean it in seriousness. Yeah. And genuinely believe it, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's like that's that's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you might not have liked it. And no. I, I don't know what it is. I feel like there's, a, there's. I want someone to write a paper. So please, if you're of the academic bent, do listen in. Sure. I'd like a paper written about, you know, reality TV, uh, you know, Big Brother, X Factor, mm. vote them out style things, Brexit. Oh, you think that's had its impact on? Yeah, Brexit, right. at like direct democracy, yeah. like referendums. And then this kind of desire mm. for fiction yeah. to be changed. Sure. I think there's something really weird and interesting in there that we've now, you know, as a nation, Britain doesn't really do referendums. We've done them more in well, the like past I 10 yeah, years I mean, my than view we on ever it have is before. Yeah, is that they undermine representative democracy. Representative and democracy. Yeah. It's a stock it's phrase that I always say, but it's, it's true. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Well, the two things are 
indirect competition with each other. Yeah, yeah. That's what we have now with, sorry, sidebar, we have a parliament full of MPs who broadly think that any kind of Brexit is, you know, because they can see the numbers because they're not mad, is yeah. going to cripple the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But an electorate who m- very slimly voted to leave. And yeah. it's like, well, those two things aren't going to work mm-hmm. because they're not going to vote through something that people but have voted usually for. it's fine because we don't put it out there usually to vote. Usually it's fine because we don't put yeah, it out to a direct yeah, vote. Yeah. Anyway, that's, my sp- that's, that's the politics. So now on to <laughs> the weather. Um, but the... I think there's something very interesting, and I'm not the one to write this paper or the thesis, but mm. I think there's something there and that, that, that now we have... Why not? Believe in yourself. Beca- well, <laughs> because, I j- frankly, I can't be bothered to do that level of deep thinking sure, anymore. Sure, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Colours and shapes. <laughs> but the... Um, I think there's something very much in the kind of X-factorification of... Maybe maybe that's the thing. The X-factorification of democracy mm. in one thing that mm. is... That, that that we've got so used to picking up the phone and voting someone in or out um, has somehow leaked into our political discourse. Um, but it's also leaked into our view of fiction. Yeah, television, film, uh, literature. Uh, yeah, art, if everything. you want to be. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. Be well, yeah, because I think it's true of music too. I was thinking mm. it. People feel owed something. You know, yeah. They feel like they... W- they uh, well, should go to a concert and hear all the songs they want to hear. And I think artist, this is, you know, I think there's several things at play here. There's, there's, there's the direct democracy angle of mm, like mm. voting and getting yeah. your say. There's the increased personalization of our world, which is Netflix saying, "Hey, you watch Doctor Who? Yeah, maybe, maybe you'd like to watch Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you. I'll give that a go. Yeah. Um, so, so, so we're in a world where things are increasingly personalizing towards you. So why, won't, mm. why wouldn't my band play my favorite song? Why wouldn't, you know... I've given them the money. Why, exactly. Why wouldn't Weiss and Benioff give yeah. me exactly point by point what I wanted at the end of this yeah. series? Yeah. Um, and there was a third thing that was crashing into it. Oh, fandom. Just, uh, like, increased militarization sure, and mobilization sure. of fandoms, which is the, the flip side of the democratization that's the internet. And I'd obviously never want to mm. rescind that, but it's... But it's tricky because these three things are sort of smashing into each other. Yeah, yeah. And as a result, you get fan ownership. Well, it even something like, we might not cut this, but even something like the fan show, which, um, which it comes from a good place of uh, let's I've give... I've adopted a defence system. But let's give this to the, to the, the viewers and let's give them a, a voice. Mm. Let's, give, let's represent the viewers' voice. Yes. Um, but then you obviously get some fans out there who are going to go, well... This That's doesn't represent me, oh and yeah, and and Crystal isn't the kind of fan I want to see presenting this. Or mm. and then it's like, well, you know, you you make something then. Like it's yeah. not. I do you know what I mean? Is that is that is that relevant or not? No, I, I like. I, I think there's, there's, there's no there's stuff in there. I think, we're, we're, I think the thing is, you and I are both blundering around in the same vague, interesting area. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I've often sort of said when people get um, so. The one piece of fan fan pushback that we get at the moment that I absolutely can't bear, it's something that we've seen over the last couple of years, is when, yeah, yeah. Is when you announce something that, say, a kid's line. Okay, yeah. Um, there was a, people many go... Kids, but there's the recent VR game. Oh, the, the Runaway. The kids' VR yeah, game, yeah, People go mad. Mm, mm. This isn't for me. Yeah, yeah. And I like, don't yeah, understand... No, it's not for you. No, it's not for you. <laughs> It really isn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I find utterly mind-boggling is these people don't go mad that we make children's T-shirts. No, no. Or girls' T-shirts or boys' T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's like, well, you know, and um, yes, fine, there's a T-shirt for you and there's a T-shirt for kids. I get it. 
but we do make a fair spread, I think, of stuff. Definitely. And I think it, it is increasingly, it's difficult. You give voice, right? Yeah. And I would, as I say, I ne I'm not suggesting for a moment I want to take away people's ability no. to have that conversation. No, 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 and as a brand, frankly, we're big enough and ugly enough to step into that space and have people scream at us. Mm, That's fine. Mm, mm. But it's not fine. Don't scream at us. <laughs> there are people, real people, who have to listen to your screaming. Sure. Um, but, you know, we will engage in that discussion. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. And it's, it's useful to get feedback, for yeah, fuck's yeah. sake. You know, having yeah, made yeah. stuff for YouTube, I don't, I would never really... People go, oh, you could move into telly. I'm like, I don't want to move into telly. Well, I want to make something that goes out in like nine months' time. Yeah, I always yeah. take my hat off to people like Chibnall and, and uh, sure. Moffat and stuff. The it's patience. Like, and, and then only just have confidence in it as well. Yeah. Nine months down the line, yeah. millions and millions spent, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And only the worst kind of people will complain to Ofcom as well. Oh. So you're not getting a fair response. Really. Oh, well, let them do it. But it is that <laughs> thing of like, you know, I like, I like having that direct response to the digital brain. So yeah, you know, yeah. you'll put this out and you'll have a load of people say, what a twat. Yeah. And yeah. I'll learn, I and, learn and grow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the. Um, yeah, no, I think fan ownership is, a, I, I find, it's interesting, and it is a double-edged sword, and it's very difficult to have an, un, a, you kind of want a really strong, unpopular opinion here, I fear. But no, I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I can't have a, I can't be too strident about it, because mm. I do believe that, that fan involvement is very important. You know, I've been disingenuous of me to have made a fan show. Yeah. But um, it, it's, a, when that tips over and becomes ownership is problematic, and mm. in fact, and that's the point, it's going back to that quote from Russell, you are not the creator. No. And this isn't a democracy. No. It is, you know, a piece of art. Mm. Um, Doctor Who is strange because it is passed from person to person and there mm. isn't mm. a god. No. Um, which is kind it's of not like something unusual. like Harry Potter where it's, it's sort like of like Potter. what Rowling says. Is yeah, Rowling and she's still the god of the universe and you can go consult sure. her. Yeah. And it's not even like Star Trek where um, there was a god yeah, who has yeah. now died. Yeah. Um, and there's kind of broad reverence towards his rules. Kind of, yeah. Um, Doctor Who is, and I have explained this to many people at work who don't quite understand its genesis, that actually it is this mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is perhaps part of his appeal. That's part of the fun for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. part of the fun is m patching up the cracks like Garonwe, mm. frankly, fucking obviously is a time <laughs> lord. He's behind that <laughs> shelf full of honey. He's got like a Patrix robe hanging up on a hook. Covered in bees. You were talking about fan ownership. You're good, yeah. You're very the good. Dangerous the dangerous nature the, well the, of it. The dangerous nature of just feeling that this is... That it is a... The art, the creation is mm. a democracy. Mm, mm. Now, the democracy comes in... You can have a discussion about it. The democracy doesn't come at screaming at the person on Twitter yeah. about having made it. The democracy doesn't come... Well, Stephen ended up leaving Twitter, didn't he? And kind yeah, of I don't want to talk about way. that. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's... Um, I know... That that was very well. He he spoke to us about it in the fan show, and his his view was like when people say get get over it, get past it. I always just say how many drops of poison are you happy having well in exactly. your soup? Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I think um, I think he's, he he was very elegant eloquent about that. There's uh, it's episode two of our Stephen Moffat mm -hmm. leaving mm -hmm. interview available on Doctor Who YouTube channel. Still, <laughs> uh, it's very good. Uh, even if I do say so myself, he answered a lot of questions, uh, dodged a few others. But, he, you know, I think he's fairly open with that one about sure, sure. Um, his... Oh, yeah, he, what else did he say? He, he doesn't want to be... He doesn't want to be up on the side of the mountain making pronouncements in the storm. He wants to come and sit around the same campfire as the viewers and have a discussion yeah, yeah, with yeah. them. Which visual an image that's stuck in my head of Stephen Moffat as Charlton Heston in the uh, <laughs> Ten Commandments. Um, but, um, yeah, so it should be a consensual mm, thing and mm. it, it's nice to have that relationship yeah but i 
do think that there is a responsibility mm. on behalf of fandom to treat people with respect. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Like all perspective has gone out of the window. Maybe yeah, I'm just, I yeah. feel like an old man railing at the dying of the light. No, now. no, I totally get what you mean because it's not just about respect for the person either, it's a respect for the thing they've made. It's just like, yeah. or, or, or well, not. that's it, just deal with it. Or, 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 or hate it. Or like, hate it. I but think hate it constructively. Yeah, but, and, but there's a thing that's, that's happened where, especially now you get a lot of amateur critics. I mean, I, I'm saying that. Yeah, but we're hating there's, there's constructively an irony to that. Yeah, but <laughs> I think there's, there would have been a time when a review would have gone out and it would have been a review and it would have said, this is what I liked about it. This is what I wasn't so sure about. Yeah. You know, or it would have said, this was dreadful because, you know? Yeah. Whereas now, there's a sort of weird thing where it's like, well, Here's what I didn't like about it. Here's what I would have done instead. Yeah, Which that's interesting, isn't, isn't it? Isn't really how you sh- how a review works. Like, and I, and I think I, I often look at those people and think, well, you make a story then. Yeah. You know, if you don't like if you were a Game of Thrones view and you don't like what they did with that, well, go and write what you do like. You, yeah, you you clearly consider yourself a writer, so mm. you write something. You know. No, I agree, and I think this is, and I think actually it's baked into the DNA of Doctor Who to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. To have that, um, you know, hell, there's a, there's a flourishing scene, as you well know, people out there who write things and make things and mm, have their mm. own fan fiction and such. But, you know, if you passionately believe that the second Doctor lived on after his trial and yeah, yeah. did stuff, write your own fucking stories. Sure, Great. Sure. You know, people have, obviously. Um, I, yeah, I just... And, and, and I, as I think kind of the... Almost the theme of this chat, really, interestingly, has been... Um, the, the Doctor Who is, is greater than just the TV program. Mm, mm. Um, and its fans are an incredibly important source of um, future talent. Definitely. And I think to get there, cutting your teeth, having a go, writing your own, making mm, your own, even mm. if it's silly voice in your bedroom, YouTube videos. I mean, look, you know, Crystal, I found yeah. doing a YouTube yeah, video. Yeah. Luke, we found doing YouTube videos. Yeah. Neither of them are making the show, but... You know, it's it's possible. You know, peop- I've contacted all sorts of people from the fan no, show to I come mean, and make Mark things Gatiss for us. Made made Doctor Who fan, ascend- what were essentially Doctor Who fan films. I mean, with the yeah. original actors, but yeah. pretty much fan films in the nineties. And yeah. now he's, you know, and now he is who he is. He is who he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, him and Russell wrote new adventures. Stephen wrote mm-hmm. uh, short mm-hmm. stories and things like that. It's kind of, and that's it, and th- and those are official in inverted commas licensed products. Yeah, Even yeah. before that, there's you know many stories and doodlings in your bedroom and in your school books. And I think it's, I just wish people put as much energy into doing that as they did to, to screaming into the void because that's ultimately what it is. Sure, make something rather than shout mm, at something. Definitely, make love not war. Um, I think there's also an issue uh, this uh, with the Game of Thrones thing. This mm. appears I've not seen Game of Thrones, so sorry if I'm talking sorry out if my I ass. the ending for you. Um, <laughs> Uh, with the the fact that it seemed like people had expected it to go a particular way, and were and had ideas in their head about where they felt yeah. the character arts were going, and then the uh, and then the writers went off in some madcap direction. Uh, w- that's how it seemed to me anyway, and that's that's what um, a writer like Stephen Moffat did a lot as well. Of, <laughs> of fans had an idea in their head of, oh well, Clara's died, yeah. and she's. She's had her um, her hubris has got, hubris has got the better of her, and then she's died, and that's her arc. And then Stephen went, "No, it's not. I'm the writer. It's this." And fans didn't like it, and it's like, well, 
why do you want to predict the stories that you're seeing? Do you it's know interesting, what I mean? I don't get people, that. I people don't get like why being spoiled, don't they? I've got a friend who, um, as soon as a film comes out, like a big one, like a Star Wars or a Marvel, mm. will go online mm. and read all of it. Why? I have no fucking idea. People, people love... It's difficult, isn't it? Because we do it all the time at work. What's the line to draw between spoiling and teasing? Mm. Mm. I much prefer a tease than a spoil. Yeah. But I know some people, that's a slider. Mm-hmm. I think some people much prefer to be up near the, s- the, uh, the spoily end. Mm-hmm. Some people like to be down near the bottom and they don't know anything. Um, yeah. Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? And really, at the end of the day, only fans care about teasers and spoilers. Definitely. If you, yeah. if you think about the normal person, i.e. my mum, she goes, oh, Doctor Who's back next Sunday. Great. Yeah. And she, watches, she just goes, well, that was nice. Um, or, well, I didn't think much of that one. And that's kind of it. But she'll still tune in next week. I don't want to portray her as a simpleton. She's not. But she no. watches TV like a normal person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was funny going from having the whiplash of going from one extreme to the other, really. Because yeah. Series 10, there was that infamous thing where um, the reappearance of John Sim was... was uh, trailed which i am i'm gonna completely reserve judgment on like this it i mean it was two years ago now i have no opinion i spoke to ed russell about it he said what he said about it it's fine however the to lots of people that i mean it was a spoiler whether you yeah. like that that's the fact of it it was a spoiler because in, in the in the narrative we're not supposed to know that that johnson's past is coming back and then you get the other end which is what we got last year which is literally knowing nothing and actually i'm i'm not sure i'm that keen on either i prefer a middle ground between it's, it's between the two but it's re- it must be really hard to get it's a difficult balance uh i think with with anything like that and yeah. it's and i think you know does does revealing more create more or less expectation which yeah. is what we've been talking about there and expectations that can be are usually wrong yeah yeah um and are usually therefore disappointed or thwarted sure um also, I'm not sort of, again, throwing shade on Doctor Who's writers, but the things that people imagine in their own fevered, you know, imaginings mm. are often mm. way off the scale of what we can ever afford or, you That's know. That's true. That's and, true. And, and, and uh, you do set yourself up for a fall. I don't know. I, I really don't know. If I had the answer, I would be running a very successful marketing agency, I suppose. But um, I think you can only do what, what you can do. But I kind of just want, I just feel like, in general, people should be nicer online full stop and I think nicer to creators who are running the show and I think the best thing about Doctor Who in general Mm -hmm. is this slightly nihilistic point for it is that if you don't like how it's being made at any given time now then in five years time um just switch it off and come back to it in a couple of years because the Doctor will be different I've said that a lot on this show that's part of the joy of it it is is and there are yeah. eras that I like and mm. eras that I don't. Mm, mm. And there are eras that I, you know, and there are stories I'll put on to cheer me up and there are stories I'll never touch. And, you know, there's still a big middle bit of Pertwee that I can't be bothered with. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell the difference between Colony and Space and the Mutants. They're all shot in the same bloody quarry on yeah. the same wet Wednesday. Um, but then there's some that age like a fine wine as there well. There are some that age like a fine wine. Yeah. But I'm sure there are people at home now throwing things at their... Radio mm. or whatever mm. it is people listen to this on. Um, because I just, you know, slated Colony in Space and, and the Mutants. I mean, and it's fine. It is a very broad church. Mm. It contains mm. people, as we've sort of said, you know, of all ages, ethnicities, genders, whatever. And perspectives are entirely different. Yeah, yeah. And I think they will change and shift. And it will be interesting when we get our first 
non-classic era child showrunner. Yeah. And it'll be interesting if there's someone from the wilderness or or if there's someone from the woman. new Who era. Sure. Um, I think it'd be interesting if they're a woman. Mm-hmm. Which uh, would be someone that I would absolutely love a female showrunner. That'd be great. Um, I would maybe I would also quite love a non-British showrunner uh, mm-hmm. to be controversial here again. I'd would you want a non-British? I'm not desperately doctor? pushing Chris towards the door, but I just <laughs> sort of you know looking towards the future. I think would be really interesting. Sure, definitely. Um, and you never know. Ty- they you know the the nature of the show is change. Mm. It's very funny. A show that is all about change has an in- remarkably conservative fandom. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm part of it. Yeah. I'm part of it. There are things I like, there are things I don't like. There are things I've looked at in Modern Who and gone, fuck's that one. We're all, we're all as guilty as each I other. I just shit on Love and Monsters well, maybe, maybe not all as guilty as others. No, we're not all as guilty. Cool. Should we leave it there, we Chris? We should leave it there. Um, thank you so much for it's speaking to me. It's my pleasure. Where can people find you on Twitter? They can find me at, um, uh, at Chris underscore Allen, A-L-L-E-N. And where can people find your podcast on they can, various platforms? They can find. Uh, they can just go to the website, which is uh, doingthethingpodcast.com. Got a proper website. Doingthethingpodcast.com. You bought that domain. Yeah, we did. Wow, great. Squarespace does a great deal for podcasts, mm, I've heard. Mm. Um, find us at uh, Galactic Yo-Yo Pod uh, on Twitter, as usual. And you can email us at galacticyoyopod at gmail.com. Uh, and until next time, it's a bye from me. And it's a bye from me. Okay, I said I'd be back, and I'm back. I'm still in the street after the quiz of Russell, and I'm waiting for the bus now. Um, and I thought it was important, um, especially in light of all of the stuff that's been happening over the last fortnight or so uh, in the Doctor Who community uh, with transphobia and such. I thought it was important that I shared this. Uh, and I wasn't going to share it so soon, but it, it feels kind of wrong not to now. Um, I am transgender. Um, I have been calling myself Molly now since last year. Uh, my friends and my friends are all calling me Molly. It's one of those things that's that's dawned on me over time, and it's just I've kind of come to realise it's it's not going to go away really. Um, so I, I mean, I had to tell my podcast listeners at some point. So I suppose now in this tumultuous time in, uh, in Doctor Who fandom, it's, it's as good a time as any. It, it, it kind of feels more like an act of defiance than anything else. But yeah, I'm Molly, I'm Molly Marsh, uh, and that's how I'm going to stay for the foreseeable future. Uh, I mean, it, it shouldn't really change anything about the podcast. It shouldn't really change anything about the way that anybody thinks of me. And if it does change the way uh, that you think of me, I like sorry there's nothing I can do about that I'm really sorry um, but yeah I suppose that's that there's nothing else to really say about it other than that's how I'll now be listed in the episode credits um, that's how I'll introduce myself at the start of the podcast and that's who I am it's a, it's a tricky one really because it seems like not a big deal to me but I realise it probably is a big deal um, so I don't want to be too clear about it but um, oh here's the bus um, but yeah I thought it was important to tell you. Anyway, that's, uh, that's all from me. Next week on the podcast, um, you're going to be hearing a conversation with Max Curtis, um, Twitterer and writer, uh, that I've already recorded. It's already in the back. So, um, yeah, see you next time, everybody. Um, peace and love. <laughs>